You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Well met, fellow adventurers. We are back with Sir Croakington. And we are going to be doing the seventh part of Seven Goblins. And there is a bit after this one where we... Summarises. Because it turns out that doing all these seven parts unlocks another thing. Well, well you'll know when, when we get to it. So, to the Goblin Claw in we go. To the inn. To the common room. Let's save here. To the common room. Seven Goblins, Part 7, The Altar of Malice. The young man's face is pale and drawn, and he stammers something unintelligible as he draws up to you. Suddenly, his hand shoots out, and he takes hold of your white wrist. He flips it over and stares down at the six flame markings emblazoned upon your skin. Start the adventure. As dusk gently gives way to the onset of night, the crowd that fills the common room of the Goblin Claw in nearly doubles. The chill of the waning season has driven many to seek the warmth that perpetually spills forth from the hearth of the inn's roaring fire, and the warmth that perpetually spills from this bowels of bitter ale. Quotsmore staggers past the table which has seated yourself, bearing an armload of empty flacons. He rolls his eyes and smirks as he passes. Should have been a farmer, he says somewhat breath breathlessly. But in an odd day you couldn't find something to enjoy about being outside under the sky with your face in the breeze. No, my lot is here, F filling heaps of flacons and breaking up millets. Some day, Sir Crockington. Still hold out hope for it. As Gritsmall continues past, your eyes are drawn to a young man, making his way hurriedly towards the front door. The dark-haired man is about to step out the inn. He turns and stares directly at you. His face frozen what can only be described as a look of horror. Then, as quick as that, he looks away and slips outside. Immediately, haunted by the desperation that seems to animate from his gaze, you swiftly make your way out of the inn, following your unknown subject out into the crisp, starry, new-fallen night. Outside this inn, you initially see no sign of the man, believing that he is likely already departed. You're about to go back in when you're startled by a surprisingly 
deep voice to your right. You turn to find your find the man stepping out of darkness, his wide eyes fixed squarely on you. The young, the young man's face is pale and worn, and he stammers something intelligible as he draws up to you and kneels down as well. Suddenly, his hand shoots out and grabs hold of your white wrist. He flips it over and stares down at the six flame markings emblazoned upon your skin. You know nothing of what you seek, he cries angrily. It ends only as it has for me. Madness and ruin. Do not go before the altar. It is the altar of malice. Take nothing from it. Blow the house. Yes, but do not go. Leave and bear your marks, but seek no more. He begins speak. Speaking and begins looking wildly in all directions. Did you just tell me not to do something? Oh, there's nothing that makes an activity look more attractive than being told explicitly not to do it. <laughs> Sensing the man may bolt at any moment, you already ask what he means by the altar of malice. But instead of answering you, he begins to sweat more pursuit and breaks into a long, chilling laugh. Madness and torment, he cries, as his face suddenly adopts a cool look. I am not worthy to be his shadow. I leave with only six. Your heart skips a beat as the man holds up his white wrist. There, emblazoned upon his skin, are six tattoos, each in the likeness of a tall, thin flame. They are identical to the marks you bear. Hmm. So he's had. He must have had six goblin-y adventures too. Hmm. Wonder what they were. I guess we'll we'll never know because I don't think he's really in a white mental state to tell us. Before we can ask him anything else, the man turns and dashes off into the dark, disappearing into the forest to the west of the inn. For several moments, you can hear his eerie laughter echoing out of the wood. Then, it falls silent. Your thoughts immediately return to two things the man told you in his fit of madness. The altar of malice, below the hatch. Though you're not certain of any of what he said is connected, you are certain the hatch which you made mention of is the very one you yourself have wandered about time and again. The strange batch brass hatch you discovered in the inn cellar. More determined than ever to open the hatch, you turn and make your way back to the Goblin Claw. Back in the inn, you find Grutz more busy sorting out a pair of scuffles that are broken out near the fire. One of the men involved in the altercation is still clutching the end of a, sm a smouldering lo lock he tore out of the fire. Which Grutzmore is angrily demanding he replace, seizing the opportunity to slip into the cellar unnoticed. You steal to the back of the inn and dart into the womb that contains the hatch leading to the lower level. <coughs> you make <coughs> you make your way through the damp, what infested cellar passages, until at last you arrive at the location where you last saw the brass hatch. Oh. Apparently he didn't move. Much of the debris that previously surrounded the hatch has been cleared away, leading you to believe it has seen recent use. Hmm, must have been that guy. He must have went down there and got all spooked.
Unlike this, your previous encounters with the hatch, this time you surprise to discover your hand is not repelled when you attempt to touch it. Hmm. You m must. It must only work if you have the six, the six flames. Exhaling sharply, you firmly grasp the hatch in the centre of the weighty piece of brass and pull. The hatch opens easily, revealing a set of spiralling stone steps beneath that descend steep, deeply into darkness. After looking over your shoulder to make certain you're alone, you step down onto the stair, taking a moment to close the hatch before you begin your cautious descent. The stair eventually ends at a tall arch that opens onto the southern end of a long corridor. The passage at the foot of the, st foot of the stairs that extends out of sight to the north can only be described as cavernous. The broad arch ceiling disappears into the deep gloom nearly 30 feet above your head. Beyond even the range of the dim, pale light that inexplicably fills the corridor, but... As a professional dungeoneer, you get used to that sort of stuff. All along the western side of the passage are wide alcoves, which open onto the main corridor via tall, ornate stone arches. As you stand at the base of the stairs that lead up to the inn cellar, a strangely familiar, low, pulsing sound reaches your ears. Without a second thought, you decide to explore the passage. You move cautiously through the massive hall, silently counting the alcoves and their high, ornate arches that appear at regular intervals on your, your left. As you count the seventh alcove, ooh, seven. Seven is important here. Your search for the low, pulsing sound comes to an end. There, just beyond its carved arch, hovers a swirling black vortex, a shadow path! Oh dear, gotta, gotta get this thing closed. You make a close examination of the arch and the carvings it bears, hoping to find some clue that might indicate where the portal will lead you. Several of the engravings depict seven robed figures bowing, bowing before a large altar. A handful of tall, thin flames have been carved just above the figures. The Altar of Malice... Mentioned to you by the stranger who fled outside the inn, suddenly returns to your mind. You wonder if perhaps the man you met only a short while ago entered this portal, or had emerged from it, and that was what had seemed to invoke such fear in him. Realising the answers to your questions surrounding the six flame tattoos emblazoned on your white wrist, and the entire series of strange encounters and circumstances that have led, led you here likely lie beyond the portal. You prepare yourself to step into the unknown. After carefully checking over your equipment, and making reasonably certain you are alone in the hall, you take one last look around before stepping forward and falling into the swirling black vortex. For several moments, you tumble through darkness in utter silence, then... Without warning, you suddenly note your surroundings have changed. You are now standing at the northern end of a broad and lengthy stone corridor, lit at regular intervals by torches gripped by elaborate iron sconces. A strange, almost sweet smell fills the air, but 
the somewhat pleasant odour does little to ease your mind. There is something else, something barely discernible, but ever-present. You instantly recognise it as the gnawing chill of dread. Hello, gnawing chill of dread. Gnawing chill of dread, my old friend. Strange. Oh, right, I'm now on a map. All right, I'm in the. I'm right in the middle. At the, I'm in the north side. At the in the middle of that. And there's there's just there's a middle passage, western passage, eastern passage. I'm in the middle passage. A strange sweet smell permeates the broad stone passages of what appears to be some sort of temple. Fiercely glowing lamps, hanging from pegs that have been thrust into the walls at regular intervals, illuminate the corridors with their flickering but odd dim light. So you can try to rest here, but it's not guaranteed. You've gone only a short distance along the corridor, when you can suddenly become aware of three figures lurching in the shadows ahead. You freeze in your tracks and draw yourself into defensive stance as you strain your eyes and attempt to peer through the gloom and make out who or what is moving just beyond the range of your light. Suddenly, three goblins step out of the darkness in the centre of the passage. The tallest of the three, a scowling creature clad in purple robes, barks something to his two black-armoured kin in their glutteral native tongue. The two black-armoured goblins turn and flee along the passage, but the robed goblin steps forward and levels his clawed hand at you. Almost instantly, you find yourself struggling against a powerful sensation of wariness. Alright, picking a number. Bonus of 73. 16 from body, 40 from spirit, 20 from mind. I've got to get 100 or more. Or I will be too weak to do anything. Pick now. 85. Failure. The sensation of weariness that assails you rapidly overwhelms your defences and crushes your resolve. Unable to stay, stave off its effects, you collapse to the floor of the passage. The last thing you see before everything goes black is the road goblin stalking along the corridor towards you. You wake with a start and sit up. It takes you a moment to get your bearings. But when you've largely recovered your senses, you realise you're in precisely the same location you were when you lost consciousness. And, despite a painful throbbing in the back of your head, you appear to have suffered no serious harm. There was no longer any sign of the three goblins you encounters, but you can't cope but wonder what it is they're doing here. And when next you'll likely cross paths with me. And also, why aren't I dead? I should be dead. I was completely vulnerable near goblins. That usually means you die. Usually. When at last you feel you're ready to resume your exploration, you once again set off along the passage. And then your own footfalls. An eerie silence surrounds you. Alright. You suddenly spot a tall, rowed figure moving along the corridor in your direction. The bulky hood covers the figure's head, and a strange being seems to almost float along the passage. 
A sense of dread stirs within you as the being approaches, and you are overcome by an urge to either, either flee or attempt to hide yourself. Alright, hide, run, or just remain where you are and confront the world figure. I'll do that last one. You plant your feet and assume a combat-ready stance as the hooded figure continues to move slowly along the corridor towards you. As the, as the strange being draws to within only a few yards, it suddenly bursts into flame. In moments, the figure is entirely engulfed in a blazing crimson and orange inferno. As you fall back several feet, reconsidering your options in the light of this unsettling development, the figure draws back its flaming arm, then thrusts it forward, launching a long bolt of flame that hurtles along the passage towards you. Alright. Either I had fortification or shadow magic could help, but I don't have them, or not enough of them, so I can't. So I'm just going to dodge, dodge the bolt of flame. You make a desperate bid to dodge the hurling, hurling blast of fire. Picking a number, bonus of 36, 20 from agility, 6 from luck, 10 from spirit. Got to get 75 or more, pick now. 119, success. It was a remarkable display of agility. You managed to dodge, dodge. Dodge the blast of fire. The flaming bolt strikes the passage behind you and explodes, tearing, a si- tearing out a sizable chunk of stone. You watch in horror as the being of flame bears down upon you, stretching out its fire-engulfed hands. You're taken aback when suddenly a face that closely resembles your own begins to emerge from the being's blazing head, before swiftly retreating into the inferno. You quickly recover from the strange and unsettling incident and prepare to engage your burning foe. This is an avatar of fire and it's black difficulty. So defensive. What if I use elemental fury? Alright, elemental fury, elemental fury, elemental fury. The burning avatar who bears your face reaches out for you with flaming hand. You're engulfed by the flames of your enemy's attack. Okay, time to heal. That's for 16 damage. Right, hand of healing. Hand of healing, hand of healing, hand of healing. Elemental fury, elemental fury. A deadly cyclone of earth and stone surges at your foe. Alright, uh, hand of healing now. Howling ice storm descends upon you, Eddie. Hand of healing, hand of healing healing oh I, I, I've been killed Ugh, okay I don't think I'm supposed to to do that one. Oh well okay I'll just pause while we get back to where we were this time I dodged I dodged the nauseous weakening thing 147 success 8 XP to general your fortitude and resolve to prove to be more than a match for the world goblin's insidious magic. You manage to stave off its effects, and the powerful sensation of wariness that assails you gradually fades. The world goblin snarls and throws both of its hands into the air. Almost immediately, the passage begins to fill with smoke. A thick cloud of pungent grey smoke swiftly fills the passage, picking a number, bonus of 41. 15 for woodmanship, 16 from body, 10 from spirit. Got to get 75 or more. Pick now. 111 success. The thick, putrid smoke curls around your head. 
but you managed to keep it from entering your mouth and nose. Well, I'm so low down, I actually have an advantage there. Uh, as the last wispy remains of the smoke clears, you discover there is no longer any sign of the three goblins. While we relieved that they departed without much of a confrontation, you can't help but wonder what it is they are doing here, and when next you will likely cross paths with them. When at last you feel ready to resume your exploration, you once again set off along the passage. Alright, okay, I've got to the end of the passage. We've got a little circle with the three passages on top, like going west. In the middle of the passage lies a smouldering heap of bone and ash. You spot various, you spot small bits of black plate armour blocking out the pile in various spots, leaving you little doubt that these are the remains of one of the armoured goblins you encountered only a short while ago. Someone or something has brutally and decisively ended the, the miserable creature's life. Okay. Several broad streaks of blood have been smeared on the wall here. Hmm. I don't think this is a particularly nice god this is the temple of. Yes, it's not. This isn't some sort of Church of England thing. No, no, no. This is a mean god with mean followers. Alright, going north to the western passage. A sudden appearance of a lone figure standing in the middle passage ahead brings you to an abrupt halt. Standing in the shadows, just out of the pool of light cast by the torch above the figure's head, you carefully survey the scene as you attempt to contemplate your next course of action. The figure is a lone goblin, clad in leather and chain armour. An iron mass covers the goblin's face. Now and again, bright wings of crimson flare up and encircle the goblin's mailed wrists. You haven't yet been spotted, but you realise you must either confront the goblin, this lone guardian, or step back the way you came. Well, alright, engage this iron mask guardian. I don't know why, I'm just going to do it anyway. You boldly step forward, prepared to engage the iron mask, iron mask goblin. The lone guardian immediately spins to face you and thrusts out both of his flame-weaved hands. Rings of fire explode from the tips of the creature's fingers and rapidly swell to create a raging whirlwind of flame. The deadly tornado surges across the corridor towards you. I've got some options. Dodge, fortification, elementalism. If I had shadow magic, I could use it, but I don't, so I can't. And I haven't. And Sir Crokerton has no idea what shadow magic even is. So he, uh, you know, even the concept of using it has not occurred to her. Alright, I'll use Elementalism. Succeeded. 8 XP to Elementalism. You channel your power of Elementalism and focus it on the rapidly approaching whirlwind of fire. Breeds of sweat break out upon your brow as you struggle to undo the elemental magic that has created the deadly tornado. After only a few moments, your effort pays off. As the flaming whirlwind suddenly vanishes, leaving only a thin trail of smoke in its wake. The timely and successful use of your magical discipline has likely saved your life. Now more determined than ever, you prepare to face your masked foe. The Iron Mask Goblin swiftly closes on you, both of its fire-weaved fists poised to strike. 
Realising that your escape from this frightening creature is not possible, you boldly hold your ground and you steal yourself for what will be a brutal fight to the finish. It's an iron-masked goblin. It's a six-plus difficulty to hit. The goblin in the iron mask strikes at you its flaming fist for eight damage. Uh, so let's do regular attack. And... Stab. And it is slain. Six XP. And then 32 XP to general. As you land the killing bro. A roaring fire rapidly consumes the falling body of the masked foe. Within a matter of moments, only a small pile of ash and a smouldering iron mask remains to mark the goblin's passing. You spend several moments checking over your equipment and poking through the heap of ash before once again setting off on your way. Alright, let's go north one. In the back. The back of this wide alcove, against the northern wall, stands a small stone altar. Resting atop the altar is a faint, ghostly apparition of an item you're currently carrying. You stare down in wonder, the glowing image of your bladed ebony staff. Something inexplicable tells you you're meant to place the actual item on the top of the altar. Alright, place your item, the bladed ebony staff, on the altar. Well, I'm never using it, so... So, if it is blown up, I don't care. You step forward and place your bladed ebony staff on the small stone altar. For several moments, nothing happens, and you're about to retrieve the item, but it is suddenly consumed by a raging fire. The heat of the blade is so intense that you're forced to retreat to the edge of the alcove to avoid being singed. After several seconds, the blade blades subscribes. You're shocked and dismayed to discover that no trace of your bladed ebony staff remains atop the, atop the altar. And it, it's gone. Maybe forever. We'll see. Alright, here's that, here's that robed figure. I'm just going to run away. Run away from this fire. You turn and flee along the corridor. Much to relief, you are not followed. During your short flight, you pause to catch your breath and discover that you're back at the very spot which you stepped into these torch-lit halls. Alright. Alright, let's run from this world figure again before he burns me. Okay. Flee from the world figure. Ugh, darn it. I was supposed to get anywhere. I keep having to run into this guy. Alright, it's another one of those armoured goblins that has been burnt to ash. Alright, going north. The sudden appearance of a lone figure standing in the middle of the passage ahead brings you to an abrupt halt. Standing in the shadows just outside the pool of light cast by the torch above your figure's head. You carefully survey the scene as you attempt... To contemplate your next course of action. The figure is a lone goblin, clad in leather and chain armour. An iron mask covers the goblin's face. Now and again, bright wings of crimson flare up and encircle the goblin's mailed wrists. Ooh, I'd like those wrists. You haven't yet been spotted, but you realise you must either confront this lone guardian or sneak back the way you came. Alright, engage the guardian. Alright. Tornado of fire once again. This time, 
fortification. It failed. You cry out in agony as you're enveloped by the fiery whirlwind. The swirling inferno burns your flesh as it passes through and continues along the corridor. 32 damage. Though severely burned, you miraculously survived. And then heal back to full health. The deadly blaze. As soon as the tornado of fire has passed, you turn to face your masked foe. The Iron Mask Goblin swiftly closes in on you. Both of its fire-weaved fists poised to strike. Realising that escape from this frightening creature is not possible, you boldly hold your ground and steel yourself for what will be a brutal fight to the finish. Alright, Iron Mask Goblin, down you go. And it is slain. 6 XP, 32 XP. General, as you land the killing blow, a warring fire rapidly consumes the, the falling body of your masked foe. Within a matter of moments, only a small pile of ash and a smouldering iron mask remains to mark the goblin's passing. You spend several moments checking over your equipment and poking through your heap of ash before once again setting off on your way. And to the north of that, at the back of this wide alcove against the northern wall stands a small stone altar. Resting atop the altar is a faint ghostly apparition of an item you're currently carrying. You stare down in wonder the glowing image of your pumpkin shell brooch. Something inexplicable tells you you're meant to place the actual item on the top of the altar. Okay. Yep. The whatever the item you place here is your best piece of armor, as determined probably just by adding up, adding up the MR and SP and something like a simple formula. Not quite sure what the formula is, but this one is the best. All right, place it on the altar. You step forward and place your plumpkin shell brooch on the small stone altar. For several moments, nothing happens, and you're about to retrieve the item, which is suddenly consumed by a raging fire. The heat of the blaze is so intense that you're forced to retreat to the edge of the alcove to avoid being singed. After several seconds, when the blaze subsides, you're shocked and dismayed to discover that no trace of your pumpkin shell brooch remains atop the altar. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com. 
You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. All right, and here's, here's the fire dude. Just one away, one away. Okay, I've lost that brooch, so I've time to equip the cane-shaped pendant. Alright, west here. Alright, after making certain the passage is empty, you settle down against the wall and attempt to get some much-needed west. Pick a number, bonus of 13, got to get 50 or more, pick now. 19, failure. You only just settle yourself back against the wall when a sudden noise sends you leaping to your feet, moving along the corridor towards you, its gloved hands weaved in bands of crimson flame. It's a short, broad-shouldered, armoured goblin. A thick iron mass covers the goblin's face, bestowing an even more fearsome appearance upon the hideous creature. The masked goblin is quickly upon you, swiping out wildly with flaming hands. You must fight this vicious guardian to the death. It's an iron masked goblin. Because I'm weaker now, it's an 8 plus. You're engulfed by the flames of your enemy's attack for 7 damage. But I can take it just just about. Uh, hand of healing, hand of healing. Okay, uh, stab, stab, stab. Another flame attack, it is slain. 6 XP. And it, it burns to ash. Okay, attempt to west here once more. Oh, oh, here's another one. Another iron mass goblin. Hand of healing, hand of healing. Yeah, you got to have lots, lots of health to fight. got to be sure you're not on absolute death door when you're west here. Because these iron mask people keep turning up. Oh, here's another one. Oh, God, I, I'm trying to west. But I don't even need to west. But I do need to west now. I need to west to recover from my attempts of resting. Attempt to west here. 70. Your brief but revitalizing west passes without interruption. Finally, and that fully restores you SP and Neville Reserve. After taking a few moments to check over your equipment, you once again prepare to set off on your way. Okay, let's see. Broad streaks of blood. Here's another iron mass goblin guardian. I'll confront it. Fortification. You throw up your hands. Eight speeds of that. You throw up your hands as you call upon your power fortification. Within seconds, a swirling curtain of red sparkles appears between you and the rapidly approaching whirlwind of fire. The flaming tornado strikes your magical barrier and instantly dissipates into a thick cloud of smoke that swiftly fades. Your timely and successful use of your magical discipline has likely saved your life. Now more determined than ever, you prepare to face your masked foe. Alright, it's another Iron Masked Goblin. Don't know where they're getting all these guys from. And it is slain. 6 XP, 32 to general... Nothing but a pile of ash remains now. Oh, and little bits of armour. 
All right, and in the southwest corner, there's another one. All right, attempt to dodge. You attempt to dodge the whirlwind of fire. Pick a number. Bonus of 27. 20 from agility, 7 from luck. Got to get 50 or more. 105 success. You leap to the side and throw yourself to the floor just as the fiery whirlwind passes by. Your quick reflexes, and perhaps just a bit of luck, seven luck, seven bits of luck, have likely spared you a gruesome, gruesome death. As soon as the tornado of fire has passed, you leap to your feet and prepare to engage your masked foe. Yeah, another iron masked goblin. Alright, just take it out. Hand of healing, hand of healing. And it is slain. 6 XP, 32 to general. Alright. Now. Now in the middle of the bottom of that little loop is, well, it's it's the way to... Oh, well, I, I went, I've healed myself now from those fights because I want as... I want as much Neville Reserve to handle what's coming as possible. A portion of the stone floor in the middle of the po corridor appears to have been recently removed. You peer down into the wide opening and discover a steep set of spiralling steps descending into darkness. Now defeating those, those iron mass goblins that open the passage, descend the stairs. You descend the stairs, pouncing well over 50 as you spiral slowly downwards into darkness. The bottom of the steps you arrive at a tall iron door. As you reach out to touch the door, searching for a latch of some kind, the weighty portal swings inward, revealing a sizeable torchlit chamber. The yellow flickering light of the torches spills out through the open doorway and washes across your feet. A scattering of bones covers much of the floor, and your senses are harshly greeted by a nauseating stench of decay. You cautiously step into the room. In the centre of the corridor of the chamber, perhaps 15 yards from the door, stands a large, ornate iron altar. Your eyes are immediately drawn to the top of the altar, upon which lies the motionless body of a diminutive figure in purple robes. Suddenly, you recall your encounter with the robed goblin, and his two cohorts upon first entering this lair. You are certain it's the same world goblin that now lies unmoving atop the altar. Sacrifice, I assume. The, so the, the torches that line the walls of the chamber thicker wildly as a lone, robed and hooded figure suddenly strides into view out of the shadows to your right. The figure pays you no heed, and instead proceeds up to the altar, before which it bows and then heals. The, the hooded being then lowers its fat head, lowers its head. A growing sense of dread draws at you as your eyes continue to take in the scene laid out before you. Then something stirs in the shadows behind the altar. You strain your eyes as you attempt to peer into the gloom that obscures the far side of the chamber. The heavy iron door closes behind you, but you hardly hear it. For that precise moment, a large shape begins to emerge into the pool of light cast by your cast by the torches. You stare in disbelief at the fearsome and hideous figure emerging from the shadows behind the altar. A massive, seven-armed, winged goblin steps into view. The towering goblin sneers, 
exposing a line of long, deadly fangs as his solid black eyes descend to meet your gaze. One of his seven hands, the winged goblin clutches a glittering black gem. You immediately sense you are in the presence of an ancient and powerful evil, perhaps even some sort of minor deity. With that in mind, you quickly begin to contemplate your next course of action and your chances of ever leaving this chamber alive. The creature steps up to the edge of the altar and looks down at the woad goblin lying motionless upon its iron surface. Your heart skips a beat when suddenly, without warning, the woad goblin atop the altar rises to a sitting position and levels both of its hands at the winged beast. Ha <laughs> ha! It was just pretending to be a sacrifice! Two broad arcs of lightning heap from the tips of the goblin, goblin mage's fingers. Okay, this... Okay, I think things have got a bit... I think I've just walked in on something. I don't quite know what's happening. Ugh. Well, this person doesn't want to be sacrificed. Yes. And is going to fight Goblin God. The massive, winged, seven-armed goblin falls back as the bolts of lightning strike him squarely in the chest. He immediately recovers from the attack, apparently having suffered no major damage. Well, diety, and immediately returns to the side of the altar, when four of his seven arms take hold of the woe goblin mage. The large, winged goblin picks the woe road goblin off the altar's crowning plinth and hurls the squeaking creatures to the far wall. The goblin maid strikes the wall hard and slides down to the floor where he remains in a motionless heap. The sinister goblin being, his seven arms now resting on the edge of the iron altar, leans forward and leers at you curiously. Yet another who bears my mark. He snarls, unworthy at best, as are the vast multitude of the seeking vermin that worm their way into my halls. You do not even know you stand before Tegorok, Lord of Fire or Malice. Or perhaps you are too insolent for even the slightest concession of respect. You shall be granted death, or eternal madness, for such discretion. Such indiscretion. Suddenly, Tarok waves two of his arms above his festering head, and the ghostly image of two items you previously sacrificed appear and hover just above the altar. Your eyes become transfixed on the apparitions of your two lost items, the bladed ebony staff and the pumpkin shell brooch. These are the chosen instruments of the being who would seek to become my shadow upon this insignificant world. Yes, you have much to prove. The images of your items slowly fade from view until, until they have completely vanished. Suddenly, the world figure, which has remained kneeling before Terok, rises to his feet and turns to face you. As it does, its robe slips to the floor, revealing a tattered, Blood-stained red tunic. Suddenly, the world feeling, 
figure which will remain kneeling before Tarok rises to his feet and turns to face you. As it does, the robe slips to the floor, revealing a tattered, blood-stained webbed tunic draped over a hideous skeletal torso. You immediately realise this fleshless undead to be Redcoat and recall with much disdain your previous encounters with the vile necromancer. I tire of this worthless sack of bones, growls Telok, leering sideways at Redcoat. Prove yourself to me, human, and assume his place. The undead necromancer motions rapidly with his hands, and much to your horror, several of the piles of bone in the middle of this chamber begin to stir. You assume a defensive stance, as three goblin skeletons, heeding the summons of their master, rise up and begin stalking towards you. Terok. Tekuruk grins wickedly and waves his hand, and clutches the black gem over the gruesome trio, setting them aflame. You steal yourself to face the burning goblin skeletons. Hey! You're helping him! You should help me too! It's gonna be fair! Be fair! The first of the three flaming skeletal goblins lurches forward, hissing wildly, and swipes at you with its fire engulfed clawed hand. It's a burning skeletal goblin. The first of three. The burning skeletal goblins shriek wildly as they strike out at you with their deadly claws. You're engulfed by the flames of enemies attack for six damage. Alright, stabity, 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 stab, levering all the bones apart, it is slain. Six XP, sixty-four XP to general. You stare down, whole revulsion, as the twisted par twisted parlour smouldering bone at your feet. As you've struggled to catch your breath. You fall back from the shattered remains of the burning goblin skeleton. Immediately draw yourself into a defensive stance as another of the hissing undead steps forward to attack. You prepare for a fight to the death against the second of the three flaming skeletal goblins. Alright, this one's tougher. It's an 8 plus roll. Sweet guard they strike out at you with their deadly claws. Gulfed by the flames of any attack for 11 damage. Alright, uh, hand of healing. Alright, keep going, keep going, keep going. Stabity, hand of healing. Stabity, 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 stab. It is slain. 7 XP, 64 XP to general. And heal. Alright, on to the next one. Yet another of the hissing dead steps forward to attack. You steal yourself for yet another brutal contest as you square off against the third and last of the flaming skeletal goblins. It's a burning skeletal goblin. The third and final begin combat. 14 plus roll. So, time to summon some undead. Some better undead this time. Keep on summoning the undead. Oh, that's better. That's a better undead that time. Summon them. Keep. Uh, hand of healing. Hand of healing. Hand of healing. Summon them. Oh, actually, I'll just. I'll just blast it with. I'll blast it with Wave Touch. 
wraith-like touch sends a deathly chill through the enemy. The burning skeletal goblins shriek wildly as they strike out with their deadly cause. Wave touch, wave touch, wave touch, wave touch, wave touch, wave touch. Normal and slain. Alright, 9 XP, 64 XP to general. Alright, take a chance to heal. You stare down with horror and avulsion at the twisted pile of smouldering bone at your feet. Struggle to catch your breath. You leap over the smashed remains of the burning goblin skeleton and assume a defensive stance as the undead necromancer you've come to know as Wedcoat takes several steps in your direction. Wedcoat stops as he draws to within five yards of you and stretches wide his fleshless arms, as if he's preparing to unleash a dose of his vile magic. He never gets the chance. A sharp splintering sound fills the chamber as Terok stomps forward, using four of his long arms to rapidly turn the undead mage into a pile of shattered bone. Yeah, but I did that before and he came back. You, you gotta be sure, gotta be sure. That creature is unworthy of our attention, snarls the winged lesser goblin deity. You came here to prove yourself? the foot of my altar, in the sanctum, at the heart of my halls, and prove yourself you must. The immortal goblin spreads, spreads his massive wings and shrieks as all seven of his lengthy arms burst into flame. With that, the hideous being begins swiftly moving towards you. Okay, there's magical checks, but I'm not high enough level for any of them. Hold your ground and face Terok. Terok, the lesser goblin deity, a master of the Iron Bolton, Iron Altar that gives him power of the souls of the wicked, of his wicked but mortal brethren, grins as he moves swiftly towards you, his seven flaming arms flaming about what, ooh, seven again, and so you shall earn your final mark, he roars, you brazenly battle, Tekorok. Alright, he's only an 8 plus. I think I can take I think I can take him. Torok snarls as he swipes it with his eleven seven flaming arms. Alright. He got a hit in. You're engulfed by the flames of your enemy's attack for 18 Oh, and then another one. Alright, wave touch. Uh that's uh, hand of healing, hand of healing actually. Hand of healing. Hand of healing. Alright, stabity, 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 and someone undead. Alright, uh, someone dead. Hand of healing. Okay, keep going, keep going. Keep going. Hand of healing, hand of healing. It's nearly, nearly done, nearly done. Hand of healing, hand of healing. One more healing. Okay. And it is slain. Alright, just eight combat experience. <laughs> Oof, that's not very much. And 128 experience to general. An ear-shattering shriek echoes off the walls of the chalk-lit chamber as the mighty tower rock staggers backwards and collapses into a heap of bloodied flesh and splintered, twisted bone before the altar. 
before you can even catch a breath. Breath, a massive explosion, tears through the chamber. A wall of flame slams into you, lifting you off your feet and sending you sailing back into the far wall with unimaginable force. Despite having the air driven violently from your lungs, you suffer no damage from a blow that could have easily killed you. Even the flames that washed over you and the fiery wind that hurled you into the wall have left no mark. Well, this is just a test. And I passed. As you slowly attempt to regain your feet in the wake of the devastating explosion, you're surprised to see the road goblin mage, which at this very moment you assumed was dead, moving up to you. The creature, whose face seems to be twisted into a perpetual sneer, nods at you. And with that small gesture, you're all but certain that it was his magic that saved you from certain death. Oh, oh, oh no, oh, it was him. You, you stumble as you try to let stand, and the goblin reaches. She's down and offers you a clawed hand. You take hold of it, and it swiftly pulls you to your feet. Hurry, growls the goblin mage, motioning with his long, twisted finger in the direction of the iron altar. We remain in danger here. Take his hand. Take the hand of Terok. Terok, you will need it yet. None of this is over. Instinctively, your eyes drop down and come to rest upon the pile of bone and ash. Ash on the floor of the altar, sticking out of the teep. The tip, heap of Terok's remains, is one of the hands. One of his hands, now stripped of his flesh by the fire that consumed the chamber, Still clutched in the bony, clawed fingers is a large black gem. Wasting no time, you reach down and retrieve the clenched, skeletal hand of the lesser goblin deity. Alright, it's a hand of Terok view. This large, charred, bowed hand was one of the seven that the malicious lesser goblin deity Terok still possessed. Still clutched in the long, clawed, fleshless fingers is a large, glittering black gem. You have no desire to examine the altar, for you immediately sense a powerful awe of evil that animates from it. However, as you're about to turn away, turn away, you catch sight of something lying on a broad iron slab that serves as its top. The heart pounding, you step forward and gaze down the bloodstained plinth. There, lying on the charred and bloodstained surface of the iron altar, are the two items you previously placed on the smaller altars. The items appear to be unharmed, and you hurriedly retrieve them. Despite the fact that the items do not appear to be suffered any damage, you can't help but feel they are somehow changed. It's the bladed ebony staff... This item has been imbued with a special magic bonus with two minute rating. And the pumpkin shell boots brooch. This item has been imbued with a special magical bonus plus two stamina points. Okay, I can I can re equip that brooch right now. No and I'm not doing anything with that bladed ebony staff because it's too big. But I can move the bonus. Willie is thankful to uh, have them back in your possession. You turn. 
Turn to find the World Goblin, Iron the Altar, and the items you've removed from its surface. Oh, wait, was I supposed to equip them? The Altar of Malice, grumbles the Goblin Mage, leering with obelisk disdain at the Iron Altar. It's long been known in Goblin art lore there are four great altars, each an earthly prize bestowed upon the lesser of the dark gods of my kin. This is by far the worst of them. Take care with the items you retrieve from it, for they, for they have likely already served their purpose. I hope you will find them as they were, and only as they were. No, they've been changed. You ask the goblin who, who he is, why he came here seeking to do battle with Tarok and Tekawok and his minions. In response, he holds up his white arm and turns his wrist towards you. There, emblazoned on his thick, grey skin, are seven bold tattoos, each in the likeness of an arc of lightning. We are not all creatures of... Creatures of... Creatures of shadow, he says. We do not all worship blood, fire and death. We'll say only thank you. Human. Hmm. Seven tattoos. Likeness of an arc of lightning. Hmm. I'm guessing he did seven goblin adventures that got these tattoos. Hmm. Where can I get them? You thank the goblin for his help in the battle against the wizened goblin deity, but he waves his hand and again speaks abruptly. Cutting you off in mid-sentence. We have precious little time, he grumbles. We must get out of here while we're unable. Terok. Tikarok is not forever gone. These are his halls. And this is his well. And to them he shall return. He must not be here when he does. Take the hand. And it's gem. To the pillar in the wood. You no doubt know it will. Actually, I don't. Telk's avatar haunts that place. Telkorak will want the hand and the gem returned. And he will recall his avatar to, bend, to bear it to him. Once, once gone, his avatar cannot easily return. Or at least be something of a victory. The rose goblin mage looks up at you and nods. And you promptly return the unspoken farewell. No sooner have you performed the gesture, you, your unexpected ally raises his left hand and a thick black smoke begins to fill the chamber. Immediately close your eyes and cup your hands over your mouth and nose. Oh dear, my, my mouth's really big compared to my hands. It's not going to be enough. As the smoke envelops you, your head begins to swim until at last is filled only with an undecipherable gin. Everything goes black. Only moments later, your eyes spring open, and you find that you are lying on the b on your back at the edge of a dark wood, staring up at a star-filled sky. A broad field lies stretched out before you, and just at the edge of your sight, stabbing through the worst of the evening's dim, deep gloom, are a series of small, flickering lights. You sit up, and then slowly, somewhat painfully, 
regain your feet, before suddenly realising the distant lights are pouring out, pouring out of the windows of a place you know well, the Goblin Claw Inn. Your thoughts suddenly turn to the Goblin Mage, whose magic has obviously transported you out of the deadly lair of the wizard, lesser goblin deity. There is, however, no sign of the goblin caster to be found, either across the field or beneath the shadowy trees. As you slowly make your way towards the distant and welcoming lights of the notorious inn, you recognise, with no small degree of wariness, you must now make what you hope will be one final trek to the old to the stone idol in Old Northwood and actually the, the first trek and hopefully bring an end to this long and perilous business which began what seemed like an eternity ago on the shores of Lake Ironwain. It's that precise moment that your eyes are drawn to your white wrists there, freshly emblazoned upon your skin is the seventh tattoo in the likeness of a th- tall, thin flame. Well, that's what that's what Tekawak promised. Earn my seventh mark, and I've got it. The end of a short, steeply pitched path. path main road. Uh, and I'm now back. I'm back in the back. Back at the Goblin Claw Inn now. So, and that that isn't the end of the quest, but it's the end of the. The main part of the quest. So I'll just go somewhere. I don't know. Hawklaw. Alright. Got, got to recover from that. So in the next episode. We will be going to the Old North Wood. To find this altar. Which apparently I should already I should have already been to. And which admittedly everyone did go to. When... The seven goblins were first released over a period of a few weeks. But no, I'm just doing it at the end. Anyway, go there, destroy the hand, defeat the avatar, do all that stuff. And then that will finally finish the seven goblin saga. But until then, farewell, fellow adventurous support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts 
so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.